Welcome to the Dark Whales Tours podcast with me, Matthew Rose. Towards the end of winter, we begin to see roses blooming, colourful hearts being placed around us, and cards declaring our love for each other. It is the time of St. Valentine's Day. However, here in Wales, we have our own version of this much commercialised festival. On the 25th of January, the Welsh commemorate the Welsh patron saint of lovers, St. Dwynwyn. This festival of love is becoming more and more popular as the years go by, especially among Welsh speakers. In the 1960s, a student at the University College Bangor sought to revive the almost forgotten celebration. She created the idea of having St. Dwynwyn Day cards as a rival of St. Valentine's Day cards. Slowly, the Welsh started to commemorate their own version of St. Valentine's Day, and in 2004, Gwynedd Council started to promote St. Dwynwyn's Day with cards and love spoons. Ever since, more and more people are discovering St. Dwynwyn's Day and send cards to their loved ones and, of course, various presents. St. Dwynwyn was a Welsh princess living in the 4th or 5th century. She was one of 24 daughters of King Brychan. The legend tells us that St. Dwynwyn fell in love with a local boy called Mylon, but her father, the king, had already agreed to an arranged marriage with a prince from a neighbouring kingdom. When news reached Mylon of this, he was outraged. This greatly upset Dwynwyn, who fled to the woods to weep. Dwynwyn then prayed to God to help her in her predicament. Her answer came in the form of an angel, who gave Dwynwyn a potion to forget her love for Mylon. Dwynwyn immediately drank the potion. When she had finished the last drop, she immediately forgot her love for Mylon. But even a gift from God can come with a price. And in order for Dwynwyn's heart to grow cold towards Mylon, he was transformed into a block of ice. Even though Dwynwyn no longer had any love for Mylon, her pure heart still felt guilty over what she had done and begged God to help. God then granted Dwynwyn three wishes as a reward for her pure heart. Dwynwyn's first wish was for Mylon to be restored. The wish was granted and he immediately thawed. Her second wish was that God would help all true lovers who called upon him in her name. Her third wish was that she would never herself marry. This third wish was also granted. Dwynwyn was told to set up a convent at Llandwyn Island and live the rest of her life as a nun. The ruin of St. Dwynwyn's church can still be seen on the island. The church became an important shrine in the Middle Ages and the well there became known as St. Dwynwyn's Well. Stories began to emerge that if you called the name of your heart's desire into the well and you heard the name being called back to you, it would mean that the two of you would marry. This, however, was often used by devious young men in order to woo young maidens they had no intentions to marry. There is the story of Gwen and Gwilym from Kerrig Maur. 
Gwen had had secret feelings for Gwilym for many years, but had never admitted to him. Liking the attention he was getting from a beautiful young girl, Gwilym invited her to go for a walk with him. As the couple were walking along the sands near St. Winwin's Well, Gwilym turned to Gwen and told her the legend of the well, saying that if she returned to the well on Midsummer's evening and called the name of her secret love, if the name was called back to her, it would mean they were meant to be together and they shouldn't wait for marriage to be in bed together. On Midsummer's evening, Gwen returned to the well and called out, Gwilym. From the darkness of the well, a male voice called back, Gwilym. Surprised, Gwen peered into the well. From the depths, she saw two glowing eyes staring back at her. Terrified, Gwen dropped her lantern and fled the well, running all the way back home. From the depths of the well, Gwilym saw the lantern fall and hit him on the head. He lost his grip and fell to the bottom of the well. He called out to Gwen to help him, but of course the poor terrified Gwen had run so fast she was out of earshot. No one quite knows how Gwilym eventually escaped the well, but he was a changed man. Never again did he seek to trick and corrupt innocent girls. Where the legend tells us that Gwilym did escape the confines of the well, not all who concealed themselves in small places in the name of love were so fortunate. There used to be a very strange, and as it turned out, very dangerous tradition called horse weddings. During a horse wedding, the groom's party would ride to the bride's house and serenade her. While the singing was going on, the bride would escape on a horse and the party would then chase her. She would then hide and wait to be caught in order to be taken to the church to be married. Some brides, unfortunately, rode away never to return. Some fell from their horse and died, some fell off cliffs, and some hid so well they actually starved to death. In Nantgwythren on Penllyn, there lived Rhys and his bride-to-be, Minor. As per the customs of the horse wedding, Minor rode away from Rhys in her wedding dress and hid in the woods. Rhys and his groomsmen searched the woods, but they could not find the bride. Rhys started to worry and kept searching long into the night, but still could not find Minor. As the days turned into weeks, and the weeks turned into months, Rhys kept searching the woods for his lost love. One evening, there was a violent storm. This did not deter Rhys, who kept searching. As he was approaching a huge tree in the middle of the woods, a bolt of lightning struck the tree and split it in half. Upon inspection, Rhys found that the tree had been hollow, and to his horror he found inside the calcified skeleton wearing a torn wedding dress. Minor had been found. Distraught and broken-hearted, Rhys died and was buried in the local churchyard. The remains of Minor were recovered from the tree and were going to be buried alongside Rhys. However, the cart carrying her coughing slid down the cliff and fell into the sea. It is said that two figures have been seen walking along the cliffs, arm in arm. A figure of a man, 
and next to him a lady wearing a torn wedding dress. Even though Rhys and Minor could not be together in life, it seems they have been reunited in death. The horse wedding is very similar to a Chinese wedding custom that is still practiced to this day, something known as the groom's blockade. When the groom comes to fetch his bride, he's confronted by a barrage of bridesmaids blocking his entrance. After demanding red envelopes of money, the bridesmaids, and sometimes even the groomsmen, subject the groom to a series of games and physical tasks such as being forced to sing to prove his love. As we've seen in our other episodes, not all lovers are that lucky, and more often than not, the spirits seen throughout Wales, and indeed the world, are those that are still searching for their long-lost love. As was the case with Princess Nest of Caru Castle and the Maid of Scare House. There is another ghost in Wales that seems to be searching for her lost love. The Green Lady of Caerphilly Castle. For centuries there have been sightings of a figure of a lady in a green dress floating around Caerphilly Castle, looking sad and seeming to be looking for someone. Legend tells us that this green lady is Lady Alice, the first wife of Gilbert de Clare. Lady Alice was a lady of refined tastes and passionate nature who came to resent her husband's warring disposition. One day, Gruffydd the Fair, Prince of Brithdir, paid a visit to the castle. Alice became enamoured with this handsome Welsh prince, and soon the two were lovers. Rather foolishly, Gruffydd confessed the secret to a monk who turned out to be duplicious and informed Gilbert de Clare of what was going on. A deranged Gilbert sent his wife back to France and ordered his men to find Gruffydd. Learning of the friar's betrayal, Gruffydd caught up with the monk and hanged him from a tree at a site now known as Monk's Vale. No sooner had he done so than Gilbert's men caught up with him, and Gruffydd too was soon dangling at the end of a noose. Gilbert then sent a messenger to France to inform Alice of her lover's execution. Such was the shock of the news that she dropped dead on the spot, and her ghost has said to have returned and haunts the ramparts of Caerphilly Castle ever since. Dressed in a richly woven dress, coloured green for Gilbert's envy, she waits within the walls of the castle, desperate to be reunited with her lover. Not all Welsh legends of lovers end so tragically. In the 13th century, there lived a harpist called Aenion, who married Angharad, the daughter of Llewellyn the Great Steward. The couple lived happily. The marriage had been blessed by both families, and the couple were indeed in love. One day, a strange girl arrived. She was beautiful, but with an air of something sinister. She sought out Aenion and asked him to play her a tune on his harp. He obliged, and after the performance, the girl asked him to run away with her, as she wanted him to herself. Even though he was deeply in love with Angharad, he was compelled to follow the stranger. The girl took him to a cave far from his home, 
and kept him there, for the strange girl was a demon in disguise. Years passed and Ainyon was under the thrall of the demon. One day a mysterious man dressed in white, riding a white horse, arrived at the cave. The demon vanished as soon as it saw the rider. The mysterious man gave Ainyon a white stick and told him it had the power to grant him any wish he wanted. So Ainyon, still being under the demon's spell, wished to see the strange girl again. Suddenly, a hideously ugly hag appeared, the demon's true nature revealed, and he was now free of its spell. Knowing that it had lost the harpist, the demon turned its attentions to Angharad. Angharad had been looking for her husband for years and never gave up hope that he was still alive. She had many offers of marriage from men who wanted to use her to gain influence as her father was so close to Llewellyn the Great. She had declined them all, saying that she was still a married woman. On the day Ainion broke his spell, a handsome man arrived at the castle where Angharad was living. He declared that Ainion was dead and that he had come to take Angharad as his wife. Before she could agree to this, Ainion returned and gave Angharad the white stick and told her to wish to see the man's true nature. She did this and the handsome stranger turned into a horrific monster and vanished. Now the two lovers had defeated the demon, they were reunited and lived the rest of their lives in happiness. Whether this story is true or not, or even based on truth, no one knows for sure. But it shows that sometimes love is all we need to defeat the powers of darkness. The Welsh also had a custom for courting couples that did not require any trickery. It was the custom of bundling. Bundling was where a courting couple were taken to bed together, wrapped in separate blankets for extra protection with a bolster between them to prevent any unwanted sexual encounters. However, these precautions were not always effective, and it was not unusual for shotgun weddings to occur after the bundling. This practice actually continued in Wales until the 1940s. As we have seen throughout our episodes, passion and love have played an important part throughout Welsh history, and there have been many quirky traditions that have transcended through the centuries as to how we demonstrate this love or even how we have endeavoured to find out who our future loves might be. Love Spoons is a tradition that is synonymous with Wales. The origins of the Love Spoon have been lost to time, and the earliest known example of a Welsh Love Spoon is held at St Fagan's National Museum of History and dates from 1667. The Love Spoon was carved by a young man and was given to the girl he wanted to marry. This was done as a demonstration of the young man's carving skills and the spoons held different meanings depending on their decorations. Hearts, for example, signified the carver's depth of feeling. Spoons with double bowls 
symbolized the union of the souls and could, in some cases, indicate the wish for children. Various balls were also often carved onto the love spoon, and the number of balls would symbolize the number of children that the carver intended to have. Throughout the centuries, the designs of love spoons became more and more elaborate, until there came a point where the spoons were so intricately decorated with the many symbols that they were no longer able to be used as functional spoons and they became solely tokens and decorations. Nowadays, love spoons are usually bought from a shop rather than being handmade by the giver, but the messages behind them remain the same. If you check out our social media pages, you will see examples of different love spoons and their meanings from an exhibition at St. Fagans. Throughout the centuries, there have been many ways in which young girls and boys were able to divine the name or face of their future spouse. Many of these we have already talked about in previous episodes. With the growth of St. Dwynwyn's Day, Young lovers in Wales have two days where they are expected to buy presents and declare their love to the world. Love, of course, is universal, and in Wales we have some unique ways in celebrating it, from different forms of courting to different types of weddings. However, love and marriage does seem to go hand in hand with betrayal and tragedy. As we have seen, love does not always find a way and the echoes of lost love are all around us. From spirits of princesses who are unable to marry for love to the ghosts of couples who are unable to be together in life so they have reunited in death. It seems that love can transcend life and death and live on for eternity. If you have your own story to share on this or any of the other topics in our podcast then please email us on darkwales at hotmail.com Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dark Wales Tours podcast. Please be sure to share and like this episode and please also follow us on our Instagram, Facebook and Twitter feeds. Be sure to listen to the other episodes of the podcast with new episodes being released every two weeks. Until next time, Diolchen Vaur. Thank you very much, and Deed Santis Dwynwyn Hapis. Happy St. Dwynwyn's Day. The Dark Wales Tours podcast is produced and delivered by Matthew Rose and Luke Alcock, owners of Dark Wales Tours.